Hello and welcome to the South Carolina Lead. I'm your host, Gavin Jackson, and this episode was recorded on May 9th, 2022, from South Carolina Public Radio Studios here in Columbia. Just so you know, some of the information in this podcast may have changed by the time you've heard it. This episode looks at some of the biggest bills set to move in the State House during the final week of the two year legislative session. We also jump onto the South Carolina 7th Congressional District campaign trail and take a listen to some of the biggest moments from that Republican primary debate in Florence. And in business, we get the latest on Boeing's beleaguered 787 Dreamliner in the company's worse-than-expected first quarter. Also, we want to hear your stories. That's why we set the voicemail box to hear from you guys about what's going on in your world, any questions you have, any life-changing decisions you want us to get to the bottom of. That is what we're here for. We love hearing from our listeners, our little leaders out there. So give us a call, 803-563-7169. Leave us your name, where are you calling from, and what's going on in your world. Maybe give us a suggestion for the next place we should have a live taping, folks. Huh? Let's start that bidding war up again, huh? 803-563-7169. The bids are open. Now for the latest in South Carolina. Currently, the spread of COVID-19 is low, according to county-level data from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. And we'll have more data for you on Saturday after DHEC provides its update. It's the final week of the two-year legislative session. Everything that hasn't been approved by both chambers and it's on its way to the governor's desk or in a conference committee or explicitly stated in a forthcoming sine-die resolution will be dead. Is that good? That might be too scary. Dead at 5 p.m. Thursday. Dead. D-E-A-D. These are not my rules. R-U-L-E-S. This is just how the game's played, folks. F-O-L-K-S. The Statehouse this week, it will be a pressure cooker set on the max setting, not an air fryer, a pressure cooker. So here are just some of the bills that lawmakers will be focusing on during this mad scramble of a week. First up, medical marijuana. Yes, you remember us talking about how it's dead? It could still be alive. We can't count things out until 5 o'clock on Thursday, and even then, who knows? But you heard Senator Tom Davis in our last episode talk about how he was looking at all options and vehicles to keep his medical marijuana bill that was seven years in the making alive. This came after a procedural point made by Greenwood Republican Representative John McCravey, which was upheld by the Speaker at the time, Tommy Pope, and that essentially killed the bill. The move was a huge victory for McCravey and those in the super conservative family caucus in the House as they continue to flex their muscle with House leadership a dynamic that will continue to be a driving force in legislative priorities in the Statehouse, and one that we'll be watching closely with new leadership this year. As for marijuana, we'll be watching for any continued fallout and tomfoolery that may result of that point of order. Also, while the early voting slash election integrity bill died after the Senate added language to give themselves greater oversight powers of the State Election Commission, remember that? I know, right? It's all blurring together. Well, language from that original bill that passed the House has been added onto several other bills that have moved from the House in hopes of keeping the issue alive and making it to the governor's desk, while at the same time pressuring the Senate. Will they move? We don't know. That's what this week's all about. And now I'm just going to do some really quick, brief summaries about some bills that we are going to be watching this week. They have passed at least one chamber and are in a position to be voted on and sent to the governor's desk this week if things time out. 
So, in no certain order, here are some highlights. H4408, that's the American Rescue Plan Act spending bill that we've talked about, billions of dollars for infrastructure, about to be signed. S908 would prohibit trucks lifted in such a way that creates what is known as the Carolina Squat. The bill was also amended with language to clamp down on catalytic converter theft and reselling. S-946 would give K through 5th grade teachers at least 30 minutes of unencumbered time during the day. Ben Davis, there's an education bill for you. Also, S-935 would create education scholarship accounts, which opponents have decried as a voucher program. H-4608 is a transgender student-athlete ban bill we've been talking about. H-5198 would restructure the University of South Carolina Board of Trustees. S-533 would phase out the sub-minimum wage for workers with a disability by August 2024, and S-2 would break up DHEC. Will that happen in a week? We'll see. A few more bills to be watching for. H-3772 would allow for curbside alcohol sale and delivery of beer and wine, and maybe even liquor. S-628 gives pharmacists the ability to dispense several hormonal contraceptives, including oral ones like the pill, patches, and injectables. And H3939 allows law enforcement officers injured in the line of duty to be considered for workers' compensation awards for stress, mental injury, or mental illness injuries after use of force incidents. So I know I just ran through a bunch of different bills, but those are some of the top ones that are positioned to make it across the finish line on or before Thursday at 5 p.m. That's about as exhaustive as a list as it's going to get right now. And I'm not talking fast anymore, I promise. So again, those are all bills that are still alive and and moving and grooving, but there are some dead bills already. Of course, there are thousands of them that never went anywhere in the first place, but here are some prominent dead ones, such as S-101, which created a unified state flag design. Remember that whole debate about creating the state flag that we could replicate everywhere instead of using different designs? Well, dead. Also, H-3620, the hate crimes bill that would increase penalties on certain crimes proven to be motivated specifically by hate involving a person's immutable characteristics, like race, sex, or religion. Also, the $1 billion tax rebate proposed by the Senate is DEAD as well. And of course, this list will be longer come Saturday. And a little addendum. House and Senate lawmakers will be hashing out their differences dealing with the budget over the coming weeks. And provisos, which make temporary law for a year, could be added by folks who saw a bill of theirs not succeed too. So we keep an eye on those as well. Now, I mentioned at the top that we're still waiting for a sine die resolution. That's a bill that dictates what specific items can be taken up after May 12th at 5 p.m., such as the budget, conference committees, gubernatorial vetoes, and last year it included redistricting measures. So this kind of dictates what gets to happen in the offseason. There's been a lot of talk that this year's sine die resolution could include language that would deal with an abortion measure, such as a bill conforming state law to the Supreme Court's forthcoming decision on Roe v. Wade. So we'll be watching what's in that resolution, as well as what's happening after things end on Sunny Die. From the Statehouse to the campaign trail, let's move on. That was Howard Dean right there, folks. We're not going to Washington. Well, not yet, because we're going to Florence first. On May 5th, WMBF hosted the first South Carolina 7th Congressional District Republican primary debate. Former Lieutenant Governor turned radio talk show host Ken Ard moderated the debate, which included incumbent Representative Tom Rice, State Representative Russell Fry, Barbara Arthur, Dr. Garrett Barton, and Ken Richardson. Only the top five fundraisers were a part of this debate per the Florence County GOP. Now, there were no opening statements, introductions, explanation of the format, timing, or ground rules. And again, I can't condense the two-hour debate into five minutes. So what I'm going to do 
is focus on the first and biggest question from Ard that went to Rice about why he voted to impeach President Donald Trump on January 13, 2021 for incitement of an insurrection on January 6. Again, that insurrection, that vote, is the sole reason Rice is even being challenged, the biggest since winning the office in 2012. Here is his explanation for his vote to impeach, and it's about two and a half minutes, but since it's the defining issue of this race, I decided to let you hear his entire reasoning. Democracy is a fragile thing. (laughs) And the one thing that we have to protect us from tyranny is our Constitution. And our Constitution has to be protected at all costs. Our framers, to protect us against tyranny, set up a separation of powers where the legislature makes laws but can't enforce them. The executive enforces laws but can't make them. And the judiciary decides disputes. And they wanted us, they charged us in the federal papers, each branch with jealously protecting their powers because they knew that men were corrupt. And if they had too much power concentrated in one place, that corruption would overwhelm them. My friends, I was there on January 6th. I wasn't absent. I was there. I, I saw the bomb squads defusing bombs. I smelled the tear gas. I was on the House floor when the glass was breaking, when they were trying to break down the doors. When we evacuated, I passed Capitol Police officers who were beaten and broken and being pulled from the lines. When we got to the spot where we were evacuated, Fox News was on TV. I was getting calls from back here from friends and the news. And as I was talking to the news media back here, I kept saying, where's the president? Where's the president? Where's the president? But he never came on. I knew he was going to come on and say, Let's, the violence has got to stop. But he didn't for four hours. Later, I asked my staff to pull the records on what he was doing at that time. And he was sitting in his dining room next to the Oval Office, proud that these people would be in, in sacking the U.S. Capitol, beating up the Capitol Police officers. And he did nothing to stop it. In fact, 20 minutes after they were in the Capitol, he tweeted out, Mike Pence doesn't have courage. My friends, you can argue about whether his speech that morning was incitement or not, but to me, that one tweet was incitement. If they'd have gotten hold of Mike Pence, we could have lost our democracy that day. Ard then asked the other candidates about Rice's vote. Surfside Beach State Representative Russell Fry is Rice's top opponent when it comes to fundraising and name identification, as well as the one person in the race with former President Donald Trump's endorsement. Fry said on June 14th, it will be Rice who was impeached at the ballot box. In that moment, when called upon to make the most impactful vote that any congressman can make, whether to impeach a president or not, Tom Rice sided with Nancy Pelosi, AOC, Ilhan Omar, and all the never-Trumpers in Congress to impeach our president. That is unforgivable. At that moment, Tom Rice shattered our trust. He shattered the trust that Republicans placed in him when they elected him just 90 days prior. 140 hours, 140 hours, and President Trump was leaving office. And he voted on the most reckless, speedy, factually bereft impeachment in American history. He 
was weaponized by the Democrats, and they use him all the time at this point, to silence conservatives and to keep President Trump from ever running again. That was the goal. Ken Richardson is a former car dealer and lifelong resident of Horry County. He has served on the Coastal Carolina University Advisory Board and 20 years on the Board of Trustees at his alma mater, Horry Georgetown Technical College, and is currently chairman of the Horry County School Board. Here's how he reacted to Rice's vote. It's a quick one. Is we got a president that was, what, six or seven days away from leaving anyway. The thing that concerns me is we're voting for the impeachment. Were you voting for the impeachment knowing that it wasn't going to pass? There's no, I mean, he, I mean, he was impeached, but he wasn't going to get convicted. The problem I have is this. Were you actually voting to send him home so that he could never come back again? To stop him run, from running again in 2024? Because that's the question that I get asked all the time. Barbara Arthur is a Cuban-American and small business owner. She is an insurance agent and together with her husband own W.D. Arthur Insurance in Hartsville. She's also a homeschool teacher. Fighting socialism and communism, as you'll hear, are core issues of her campaign since most of her family fled Cuba in the late 1960s. What you did, sir, is unforgivable. There was no reason for it. There was no need. He was on his way out. And January 6th was a farce. If you go on the website, January 6th Commission, you see the White House with all these dark clouds. January 6th had to happen for the left to keep us in our place, to lull us, if you will, or to suppress us with fear. The tactics that they use are communist tactics. And so they had to have January 6th in order to do the things that they're doing right now the socialist agenda that they're pushing on this country. And it's January 6th that they've used to keep us quiet and keep us in our place. Quite the conspiracy theory-minded take there from Arthur. Now just some factual background. So far, 828 people have been charged for the behavior and crimes committed on January 6th. 279 have pleaded guilty, according to Insider. On January 13th, 2022, the Department of Justice unsealed an indictment against the leader of the Oath Keepers, Elmer Stewart Rhodes, and 10 associates, charging them with seditious conspiracy. Now, the Oath Keepers are a self-styled militia that prosecutors said planned and practiced its attack on the Capitol weeks in advance. So, I don't know if that's a farce, but take that under consideration there when listening to folks talk about January 6th. And Dr. Garrett Barton was the other candidate on stage last week at the Francis Marion University Performing Arts Center in Florence. Barton is a board-certified family physician in Sherall, South Carolina. I heard uh, Congressman Rice say fragile, that our democracy is fragile. That is exactly what we do not need in Congress. We do not need a fragile congressman who is scared. Mr. Rice said, I voted that way because I was scared. I'll tell you as a physician, when I get put in life and death situations, if I was up there scared, how would you feel as a patient? You don't want your doctor scared. You don't want your leader scared. We need people up there that are going to fight to stand up for you and your family and make the difference that, that our country needs. To wrap this all up, here is Rice's one-minute response, which, as you can hear, riles up the audience, leading Ard to intervene. I took an oath. I took an oath. Protect and defend the Constitution. I took it five times. The last time I took it was a week before January 6th when a, a bunch of rioters came in and broke into the House of Representatives and broke into the Senate. I took an oath. And, and I never turned my back on you. 
What I did was I protected your freedom by protecting the Constitution. And I never, ever said that I was scared. Never said I was scared. I wasn't scared. I was furious. I was furious at the president who supposedly, for law enforcement, sat there and watched the Capitol Police being beaten. Five people killed that day and did not lift a finger to stop it. Let, let's factually stop there. Hey, 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 impeachment. hey. Let me let, tell you. We're, we're going to have more dignity than this. I saw every fact I needed to see sitting on the House floor that day, smelling the tear gas, walking by the bloody and beaten Capitol Police officers. No, I saw every fact I needed to see. Thank you, Congressman. Appreciate that. We're, we're going to stop this. Uh, we've got security here. We've got um, law enforcement officers. You're certainly entitled uh, to be here with, with every fiber of your being and belonging. But we have five candidates that people want to hear from. That This is not a show of the audience. So let's please be respectful of the candidates and, and let's have a formal, dignified debate, if you don't mind. Now, the remainder of the two-hour debate went on to address questions dealing with trade, immigration, infrastructure, federal debt, and America's competitiveness. We've been keeping you updated on Boeing's 787 Dreamliner production woes out of the North Charleston plant over multiple podcasts. Now, deliveries of the twin-aisle airplane manufactured exclusively at the plant have been put on hold since last May as regulators continue to evaluate manufacturing problems that led to small gaps between a fuselage panels. Right now, some 115 planes are in inventory, but Boeing CEO David Calhoun said recently on the company's first quarter earnings call, that deliveries will resume in the near term. Here's Calhoun. Well, we believe, uh, based on all of our interactions um, with the FAA and our own uh, engineering unit members and others, uh, that we have sufficient data to make our case and recertify or certify this airplane um, in accordance. So we have a reasonably high level of confidence in that, and I don't expect any significant uh, sort of banter around that. Uh, But I can't I can't be absolute about it. Um, right, we're going right. to we're going to go through the process, and I, I, I just know that um, there's been a lot of involvement on both sides and a lot of uh, working together in this process in getting to the getting to the package we've submitted. The delays have cost the company upwards of two billion dollars. Two billion. Conforming planes are rolling out of the plant at very low rates and will continue to do so until deliveries resume and the plant returns to five planes per month. The company remains optimistic for the program to be profitable over time as there is a backlog of 405 planes and the company is well positioned as the wide-body aircraft market recovers. But in the first quarter, the company was cash flow negative and lost $1.2 billion, with Calhoun saying it was a messier quarter than any of us would have liked. The aerospace giant also announced last week that it would be relocating its global headquarters from Chicago to Arlington, Virginia, a boost for the region which is already home to Boeing's defense headquarters. The Pentagon's right there, buddy. That's why. Pentagon, Washington. Welcome to the wind down section, our little break from the news. We talk about life during the pandemic, and we always want to hear your stories as well. Tell us how you're handling things. 
It's May. It's been a little chilly. It's like a real spring we're having this year. This is very exciting. May the 9th be with May you, the Gavin. <laughs> May the 9th be with you. <laughs> Keep it going. <laughs> but let us know what you're up to. Give us a call, 803-563-7169. Leave us your name, a message, you know, one to three minutes. And uh, where are you calling from? We love hearing from folks all over the state and world. World. We are worldwide. And That's I just right. want to say a special thank you to all of our listeners, uh, no, not only here at home, but uh, worldwide. Yes. Uh, Ga- do, there, <laughs> you're often called Mr. Worldwide. Right? Yes. I don't think anyone else has that title. No one else has that title. You're Mr. Worldwide. I have a passport full of stamps. <laughs> yeah. Do- Dale. Uh, Dale. <laughs> I, have, I have my own vodka line. Dale. <laughs> and uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, you're I Mr. shaved World. my head. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyone Friends else? Anyone else? <laughs> Claiming to be Mr. Worldwide, I will let you please know. Fraudster, and there are uh, cease and desist letters out. Yeah, I've right? seen multiple fake accounts out there, so please <laughs> yeah. report them. Please report them. They aren't fake real. accounts. I mean, anyone else getting like blitz with the spam on Instagram these days? It is out of control. I'm not really. I've had like two of my uh, cousins; they've been hacked, and then uh, and a friend of mine, Maya Prabhu, down in Atlanta, she has had a, uh, a fake account crop up with photos, some including me, that have like been on the account, so it looks like mm. a real account. It's like crazy what's going on here. I don't think uh, I'm, I'm... Why can't Elon buy uh, you know Instagram Elon. and fix that? They, first, first, he needs to fix Kmart after Twitter, and okay. then Instagram, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't think I'm famous enough, okay? Uh, oh. I think I'm flying so far below the radar like a stealth wow. plane, you know yeah. what I mean? Like I'm, I'm a real word of mouth bespoke influencer. Oh yeah, know? I mean no doubt, no doubt. But anyway, Gavin, ask me the question. Come on, ask the question. Ask the question. Is there, is there, something in, in the hopper? There is something <laughs> okay. in the hopper. We got one. Uh, we, we got, got one. We got it's one. It's the button. Alarm bells go off. Uh, we got a, we got a new caller. It's wonderful. We love getting new callers. Yeah. We love hearing from our fans. So uh, if you're ready, by your permission, Mr. Worldwide, <laughs> I will play this. Is that all right with you? Dolly. Okay, Dolly. Hey, it's David White coming from Darlington. And was wondering if people who get COVID a second time, if they're going to react the same way they did the first time. So the 80% who showed their symptoms, are they likely to show those symptoms the second time they get it? Enjoy your show. Uh, David, thanks for calling from the PD, nonetheless. Love mm-hmm. love it from Darlington. Um, good question. You know, we've been talking about this this COVID for years now, uh, and it's like every time we try and get a grip on it, it's something else. You it's know? a real slippery sucker. I've definitely heard different anecdotes from friends and family about just how different infections can vary, especially now that, you know, we're talking about we're post-vaccine, so that's a factor, too. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my dad first had it, and it was just completely mild, nothing really there. And then he got it again this past December, and just more of a cold, you know, more it's a little bit more intense. I think he was he was wiped out a little bit more, but uh, it just varies from what I've been hearing from folks. I I have a friend who who's fully vaxxed, got COVID the first time, mm-hmm. and didn't really have too much of a reaction. Had like a heartburn and maybe some stomach issues, and then she was boosted, and then got <clears throat> COVID a second time, and it really put her down. Mm. So um, I, I think it's it, just it, unfair, you know? That's yeah. not fair. <laughs> it should be the case, right? You get boosted, you do all that stuff, and then it's like harder than the first time. That's not, I mean, that's, I, it's, but it's, that's just what it is. It's just not fair, okay? It's not fair. Nothing's and, fair. And so, David, I, I just think, like, it depends on the person. It depends on the strain. Yes. It depends on vaccine status. Oh, yeah, all the mutations, And so uh, it, there are a lot of different permutations and a lot of different factors going into this. Mm-hmm. So uh, I don't think there's any one way to say this or that. Mm-hmm. But uh, speaking of the PD region, Gavin, 
Yes. I was up in the PD region this weekend. I had a big golf weekend. And that's not very remarkable. That's not why I'm here to talk to you today. Mm-hmm. Okay? Mm-hmm. I had one of the strangest experiences at a golf course ever. And and this was a golf course with black squirrels that were not afraid of you, and that wasn't the weird part. Okay. So you tell me, Gavin, whenever you've played golf, yes. you're out there. You're halfway through. You're at the turn. Mm-hmm. What is the food that you get halfway through a golf round? Um, well, notoriously, it's a hot dog. It's always a hot dog at the turn. <laughs> exactly right. Hot dogs at the turn. <laughs> well, uh, we were at the turn. I don't normally stop for food. We're at the turn, and this lady's there. She's like, uh, do you want anything to eat? I was like, no, no, thank you. Thank you very much. She goes, you sure? You don't want your complimentary fish chowder? <laughs> oh, you know me. I'd be like, get it so I can eat it. <laughs> complimentary fish chowder. What was the temperature when this chowder was, was offered to al- you? It was almost 80 degrees. <laughs> uh, and, like, I can't quite imagine. Um, Slinging chowder on the links, baby. Yeah, I can't imagine a hot mm. fish chowder improving your game. Oh, that sounds divine. <laughs> I hope out-of-towners were like, what is going on here Caitlin, in the Grand Strand? Caitlin, uh, she thought that it was there was like a chowder competition. Mm-hmm, yeah. <laughs> and like this was the one that they were handing out for free, which is very... I was like, why would you think that? But no, they are notoriously at this place in... Uh, Litchfield or Polly's Island that this is what they give out. Mm-hmm. They always give fish chowder at the turn. Very strange. Okay, well if that's their thing, I would I mean I would still do it, but I don't know <laughs> if I would enjoy it. I would do it to say I've done it, but I don't want fish chowder on my on my stomach when I'm exactly. trying to like, like, get out there and like sweating and it's hot exactly. and I'm like can I get hotter please? Yeah. <laughs> uh, can I get a cream based chowder please? Yes. Yeah, thank you. Ooh, and maybe like maybe like room temp milk to wash it mm, all down please. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Yes. But, no, now I'm ready. <laughs> now I'm ready for the back nine. Anyway, Gavin, besides the chowder, um I I, I, I know that you wanted Mr. Worldwide. You chowder. wanted to talk about a new show you've been watching, right? Yeah. I just got turned on to The Circle on Netflix. On Netflix. Yes. Yes. It's the the latest season. I have no backstory here, but just started watching it. Instantly sucked in. I'm not a big reality TV show person. Let's, let's talk. I don't let's care about it. But let's yeah, break it's like, down how this works. Just okay? like uh, you know, you're the expert. Maybe you should just. I've only watched it. the first season. Oh, Gavin's okay. only watched the most recent. But what they do is they take strangers mm-hmm. and they stick them in isolation in hotel rooms. No cell phones. No nothing. All they have really cute rooms. Great looking rooms. Well appointed. Spoke rooms. Yeah. The second bespoke of the pod. No. Um, uh, so yes. sharp eared. <laughs> they uh, they. They put these kid people in rooms, and then they have them all talk on a local they, yeah. network or something. They all have profiles. They're basically chat- in a big group chat every now and then, and they're trying to figure out who's for real, yes. who's fake, you can, because they're competing for $100,000. You can choose to be authentic, or uh-huh. you can choose to catfish everybody yes. else. And then there's a popularity vote in every episode. Oof, yeah, stressful. And lowest on the rung gets booted. And these folks are, they are big personality people. Yes. Like people that are just like loud and always happy and always go, 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 which you have to be because you're trying to be nice and you're trying trying to convince people that you're yes. who you are and you're trying to make alliances. It's all so it's calculated. Like all like your it's all calculated. reality TV shows. Yes. It just gets a little much, but, but they take away people, they add people, yes. and then... Here's the wrench in this one. Who is oh on this gosh. one? That, this is what hooked you. Yeah, like midway in the beginning, this, this, uh, the show is still going on right now, so we're still nail-biting, playing week-to-week, which is driving me nuts. <laughs> but they have the Spice Girls on, <laughs> have Scary Spice and Baby Spice, pretending to be someone on the show uh, they're, they're, they're as a ta- profile. They're tag-teaming yes. catfishing this place. And you're, it's just like... <laughs> it's worth watching. It just became way more interesting because it's just... 
just so funny to to see two international pop superstars on to, at your level. Like it's just like they are in the same <laughs> yeah, they're in the same situation as everyone else. They're trying to like outmaneuver yeah. folks, they're trying to throw people off their set and it's just it's just hysterical to see them interact. Mm-hmm. You know, so um it really made made for some fun television too. But then they add different people and some of these people, it's just, you get it's ve- just too much you, sometimes. You get very attached to the first people on. You do. And, I mean, Gavin and I'm I, already there, we yeah. have very different tastes in television. Not in movies. We like the same movies. Mm-hmm. But television and stuff. But uh, I like the I like Circle, too. I yeah. mean, that first season of Circle was hilarious. Mm-hmm. Like, objectively, I'm going to go back and watch them. Objectively sure. hilarious. And so, if you're looking for something that's sort of like turning reality TV on its yes. ear just a little bit, where... The, it knows the awful part that it's doing. Yes. You know, it's it's about the catfish. It's it's kind of fun to watch because yeah, you are. It's 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 about communication. It's about perception, yes. and you're trying to, you know, and who's like the lovable one that everyone's like, oh, he's so great. You know, it's like it's so fascinating <laughs> to watch. And then they get ranked, you know, and then the people are just devastated. Ranking you know? is because then you're you're in isolation essentially. You're in your own apartment <laughs> yes. room, and it's just weighing on you like. Well, how am I not as popular as I think I am? What am I doing wrong? You know, yeah. and you don't have your cell phones. You're just there with your thoughts and like some books. Y- your and only puzzles. feedback is what people who are potentially catfishing you are saying. Oh, and then the ranking in the and end. And I can't stress how like positive everyone is being the entire time in their communications. Like yes. overly like saccharine sweet. You know, it's like, oh, <laughs> it's a fun show. So it's, it's fun. Really yeah, I mean, fun. if if someone like me who does not watch reality TV shows. Likes it. I mean, I would Same say here. turn it on, check it out. It's fun nonsense to watch in the background for sure. But I now I'm hooked. So now I'm week to week. It comes out like I think midweek. It's on a lot of fun. So, it's yeah. a great show, and I like that they no one types anything. They just <laughs> circle. They like, just yell yeah. in their room, and it pops up on a screen what they're saying. And so I can mm-hmm. only think of the production team who's frantically <laughs> typing in the background, like, "Oh my god, get the right emoji, get it quick!" Yeah, because the, then they're like, "Hashtag isn't the circle great?" Yeah. Hashtag circle fam. And, ha- like, and then it's like. And it's like hard eye emoji. Yeah, so, yeah. It's uh, I but just, so it was funny to see like the Spice Girls talk these things yeah. out and like do these things. Circle, make a message to everyone. Uh, hot eye emoji. <laughs> <laughs> I'm assuming they asked Victoria Beckham to be on, but she was like, "Oh, I don't think so." Oh, I'm a billionaire, David, love. No, no, David won't let me. He didn't want like that. No, I'm a lo- I'm a billionaire, she's, love. I mean, yeah, she's too busy rocking and rolling doing yeah, her thing. She's she's too loaded. She she doesn't need what baby in sport. <laughs> I, mean, I don't think she's even scary. Did the uh, return tour, right? I don't know. I, don't I have no idea. So. I'm yeah. not as up on the Spice Girls. But anyway, if anyone knows about the Spice Girls, if <laughs> yeah. anyone likes Circle, yeah. call yeah. it. Yeah, give us a call. Let us know who you think, how it's going to go down. I mean, I'm just so fascinated by this. So, uh, again, David, thank you for calling. Stay safe out there. Uh, everyone, of course, stay safe with the pandemic still going on. We'll get you those numbers next episode as to what's going on in the state. But we know they're creeping up. So wash your hands. Keep your distance. Get boosted if you haven't. That's what they're telling you to do. And you can also leave us a voicemail like David did and some of those prompts that AT just threw your way. 803-563-7169. We'd love to hear from you guys. We love hearing from our folks all the time. You can also stay up to date with the latest news on SCETV.org and SouthCarolinaPublicRadio.org. And don't forget to support your local newspapers. For the South Carolina lead, I'm Gavin Jackson. Be well, South Carolina. To speak into the microphone like you're speaking into the microphone... Hey, how about you try and use it like it's a microphone instead of just a just talking talking pole? Where's where's G's talking pole? Are we do we not use talking poles anymore? <laughs>